Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. I hope you are enjoying the upbeat music that I start my day with every time with you. Hello, Pedro. Hello, Michael. Good morning. Hi, Marie. Hi, Pedro. <laughs> all right, let's get this show started. All right, guys, for to all our viewers and our listeners, uh, welcome back to the to the coffee time with Marie Torsen, CPA. Uh, of course, if you are a returning uh, listener or viewer, make sure to uh, give us a, a you know a, you know we are always welcome you. But if you're a new uh, listener or viewer, you know give us a thumbs up or a hands up in the chat so we know you are new. Uh, for those of you, uh, well. Oh, if you are listening, so obviously you will not be able to do that, but that's okay. Uh, you can always like and share uh, the, show, the, the show or the video. Uh, and we are going, we've been going live every week uh, at Thursday, 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And we keep running this show over and over, so you can always, you know, catch it again when we rerun the show. I am your host, Marie Terosian. I'm a TEDx certified coach, CFO, auditor, certified public accountant, and a charter global management accountant. As always, and I'm going to keep the other intro short. So as always, I'm joined by my friend and tax colleague, Pedro Gonzalez, CPA. Good morning, Pedro. Good morning, uh, Marie. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, everybody else uh, that is joining us. And uh, Pedro Gonzalez, your uh, business and tax strategist, uh, helping our clients with uh, cash flow. I kept, always say cash flow is the lifeblood of any business, regardless of size or in the industry. Uh, tax minimization strategies, taxation erodes our wealth, and exit strategies. We're all going to exit. It's just going to depend how. That so is that, I leave it at that. And uh... <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And then, guys, today we have another special guest, also my colleague and friend of mine, Michael Reeder, CPA, managing shareholder at Schwartz and Reader Advisors. He helps business buyers uh, with accounting, tax, funding, and financial aspects of their acquisition by simplifying the complex matters for them. He's joining us from, are you are you in Chicago or somewhere else, Michael? So I'm coming to you this morning live from Portland, Maine. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. As long as there's internet, then I We're can do it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Great to be here, Marie. Pleasure to meet you, Pedro. It's and a pleasure, Michael. To the entire audience. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So obviously we have a very special, you know, uh, discussion today. We're trying to do it, some, you know, a little round table here, but just, uh, you know, usually, Michael, we always we do a quick summary of what we've talked about in the past. You know, we've been around now, this is our 55th episode. It's quite a big commitment for me and Pedro being on, on there every single Thursday doing this. So we've, we've talked about, you know, E2 investor visa requirements and how a business plan plays a very big role in that. We've talked about IRS audits and financial audits uh, and what's the difference between them. We've talked about inventory management. Uh, we've talked about ethical standards in accounting and tax and all that partnership agreements and real estate, uh, you know, taxation and a lot of different things. Specifically, recently I, I worked on s serious messy books and what that means and how costly that could be for, for uh, business owners. We've talked about franchise li and licensing agreements and what is the difference, how is it taxed. Um, and then uh, we have also covered, uh, you know, uh, other, other uh, you know, 
things like you know questions that come from from our from our uh, you know clients or prospects. So guys, those of you who are listening, viewing, please go back, check out some of these episodes that we've covered in the past, um, so you can kind of uh, you know learn to you know answer you know see those questions and and, and find your answers um, and uh, learn from these videos that we're making for you guys. This is for you. This is for your education. Um, and with that, so today's um, you know today's intention is to do a roundtable discussion amongst the CPAs, CPA colleagues, uh, about the uh, Inflation Reduction, or what I call it, the Inflation Relief Act of 2022. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you know our, our viewers and listeners know that we, we have mentioned a few things about this, but I wanted this to be more of an open discussion. And, and you know, if you have any personal thoughts, you know, feel free to, you know, put in there. So, um, so you know, Michael, you are you are our guest. You know, what is your overall thought about this Inflation Reduction Act? <laughs> I mean, for me, the provision in there that says that that allows for eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents to get that are going to get added to the IRS over the next decade. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me. That's the most yeah. alarming thing. And um, you know, I, I uh, it's um, it's always important. It's always important to uh, to do strategic tax planning with your with your CPA for all you Absolutely. people out there, all you business owners, uh, even if you don't own a business. Um, strategic tax planning for everyone always important, always important. Um, but it just got that much more important with the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act, with this provision in there about how. So the IRS right now only has about. 70,000 uh, uh, 70, agents on their payroll. And now they're going to add, their, so the IRS is going to more than double over the next decade. I think that's very right. and very concerning. Um, audit enforcement is going up. And we've been in this grace period um, for, for audits uh, really since Trump. What, what Trump did was he defunded the IRS with budget cuts when he came into the office. And then, and then uh, an already defunded IRS got slammed with COVID and everything that came with COVID, right? Like uh, having to deal with stimulus payments and having to coordinate with the SBA for um, for the EID for the EIDL loans and the PPP loans, and and having to process all of the amended 941 reports, the the payroll tax reports for the employee retention tax credit, and so. You know, and, and I'm sure that you all out there, if you've had if you've had to try to call the IRS over the last few years, it's probably yeah. probably like <laughs> an hour, two hours, and all of a sudden they just like they just hang, yeah. hang up on you. Um, and so, but with all that being said, audits have been at an all-time low, and so that's about to change. And so, you know, um, gotta be prepared, gotta be strategic, gotta be prepared. Um, God forbid you were to get audited to make sure that you survive it. Um, right. you know, it sucks to be audited no matter what <laughs> if you pass it, um, because once you get selected for audit, they're going to tr do everything they can to poke their head into everything and to try to find this, try to find that, to justify making a return on the investment for the audit. Because the IRS has to pay that auditor, that auditor has a salary. Right. And so, uh, but to me, as a CPA, you know, I mean, not getting, caught up in the semantics because we all know how politicians are i mean like the inflation reduction act i mean again i, I i'm not a politician 
And I look at that provision in there and it's very alarming. So we'll see what happens with it. But I mean, the IRS is getting way too big for my liking. Yeah, I, I feel you. I was going to say, you know, would, would you consider that maybe portion? And then again, I'm just playing on both sides here. Would you consider, and then this is a question for either one of you. Would you consider that maybe since you mentioned, let's say, during Trump administration, he kind of defunded, you know, defunded it to a certain point. So there were maybe less higher. So do you think they are just bringing it up to the same point they were before? Or this is becoming like a massive growth to a point where it's going to be way beyond what the usually the IRS agent base has been? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't um, I don't know what that's a good point. Marie, I don't know what the what it was before Trump um, slashed their budget when he came in, but uh, I just yeah, just I mean, the overall yeah. Democrats collect like 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 what they do. Like one of the things that they do is they 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 increase revenue right by increasing taxes and increasing enforcement to right. go and to collect more taxes. So. Um, I just think it's it's in it's it's in their dogma. So I mean I, I mean and, and I hope I'm wrong, but I personally think that they're just you know growing out of control. Um, but I like I said I I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, Andrew, what are your thoughts there? You th you know you've well, been you've been uh, you've, uh, you've been around you know then that tax area. I mean I've yeah. been a little bit kind of you know out of you know the whole realm of you know tax yeah. uh, side of the CPA world. So. Do you know, let's say roughly, what was the agent base, let's say, prior to any changes, and then if they, if you well, think they're coming? Yeah, the, the thing is that the the eighty seven thousand, uh, you know, one, I don't know if they have the the ability to hire that many people. We have a shortage of. <laughs> of uh, Do we have that many? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and it's it's a fact. I mean, it, it is a an issue even for. Uh, the large CPA firms uh, to hire uh, recruits, uh, there, there's a shortage of uh, uh, accountants. Uh, so if right. somebody, your children should be going into accounting because there is a shortage right now. We need them. <laughs> yes. So, but again, irrespective if they're going to hire 87 or not, uh, 87,000 or not, the, the, there is debate on, 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 on both sides as far as, uh, you know, the number of, because also the IRS is, has an aging population, meaning that a lot of them are approaching retirement. So they're expecting that some of these people, now that the funding is coming, that some of that money is going to go into uh, paying out a certain uh, uh, employees to, to, you know, out of their payroll. But irrespective, again, uh, regardless of political views and all of that, is that we, we, we will expect an increase of, of uh, enforcement. And that is uh, the, you know, when we look into the, the funding, it is going towards uh, uh, enforcement uh, practices. So we do expect right. that those numbers to go up. Uh, we expecting because of the amount of dollars that are going to go into uh, certain programs, I mean, somehow we got to pay for that. And that, that is paid by taxation. Right. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense that this is, this is coming. Um, and the, the enforcement, it's kind of, and that this is the biggest concern, you know what I mean, for a lot of the, especially the small business owners. And we, we talked about it in, a, in one of the previous episodes is that even though they're saying, well, you know, it is targeted towards uh, the wealthy, right. but again, you got to read carefully because it, it is not intended 
to affect, uh, but again, uh, you know, it is not intended, but there will be casualties uh, of war. You know what I mean? So that means that even though they're throwing also numbers that if your AGI it is 400,000 less, that you don't need to worry because it's not intended to, to affect you. But again, the key word being it's not intended. And so right. that does not mean uh, there's no, that does not mean that you will be excluded. So there's a lot of uh, small business owners concerned that they will be selected. And we expect that to happen. Um, but even prior to the the Inflation Reduction Act, we, we had conversations about areas that we also have seen that the IRS is, is paying attention to, you know, the digital currency being one. Uh, also, the uh, for S corporations, uh, the uh, uh, basis, because I know that the IRS is concerned that, you know, they're looking for different areas where money can be uh, extracted. You know, auditing is about you know, audit risk and, you know, where can I derive the, the biggest return, like like Michael was saying about the biggest return on, on our investment. There's a cost to audit. They're going to target this. Uh, where can we get the, the, the highest return? And, you know, as a matter of kind of uh, unfortunate uh, situation for small businesses is that they tend to have poor accounting. So they're going to have a, a harder time to prove a dollar. So uh, their deduction. So I think those, that's what we're going to see the highest return because uh, if I'm auditing, I'm going to target the highest risk. You know what I mean? I'm not going to just target IBM and the Microsoft and all that because I'm going to go against a, a system that's probably better set to document than the mid-sized companies that don't have, uh, for you know, the, there's a, a greater probability that I'm going to find more mistakes in there and probably i'm going to get a, a, a higher return so that's why it's important that this mid companies small business company be prepared like michael was saying and you i know you have said it many times uh in the series of uh messy books is uh preparing you know what i mean not yes. waiting i think uh, it's not about uh, fear is preparation you know what i mean now it's the time to do tax do your your preparation so you can be uh, face the situation uh, uh, better uh, armed than going blind into the situation. Right, absolutely. So another something, uh, Michael, when you said you know, and uh, you know, with with this uh, inflation reduction, that one of, one of the key things is that they're trying to raise revenue through through taxes. And one of the things that I I noted on there was the one percent excise tax on the corporate stock buybacks. <laughs> it was like. You know, this was like a little uh, crazy thing that uh, is like, uh, for anything less than one million. So I'm like, I was like reading this a little bit over and over, and I was like slightly, I was like, okay, how do I understand this? So you're you're taxing some, uh, the company that is buying back its own shares. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a good question. I would I would love to get Pedro's two cents on that because <laughs> I operate in the. I, I, I'm a CPA for Main Street, not Wall Street. And so mm -hmm. my clients aren't dealing with that at all. So in practice, okay, yeah, so in practice, I haven't seen that. Um, but um, I mean, like w one thing that I have seen recently is on a, uh, I've got one client that has a crypto fund that, that he, 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 is a, he, he has an interest in a crypto mm. fund. And, um, and so I got, um, you know, so uh, my team had to deal with this carried interest provision uh, to see whether or not his long-term capital gains had to be reclassified as ordinary income. Um, 
qualified as a, as a fund manager or something to that extent. I've got great tax planners on my team. I've learned about a half decade ago, and instead of trying to learn everything myself to surround myself Absolutely, with of course. pros that know the internal revenue code better than me. Um, but um, I mean, the 1% excise tax for, I mean, uh, it doesn't sound fun, that's for sure. <laughs> right. And, and that's my point. And without getting too technical, I just found it very like, you know, kind of odd that, you know, you're, you're just buying back your shares. You're really building your, your capital back inside of your business and you're getting taxed on it. And then the tax, of course, it says also that the tax is not deductible. Of course yeah. it's not. I mean, I know like, where my head goes. Like, this is very high level, like, you know, um, like in real time without putting any thought into it. Where my head goes is that there are probably things that companies and shareholders do, um, you know, similar to something like a wash sale or where you can where you can sell it by a bag with related parties and this, this and that. And there and so what and I could be wrong on this, um, but it's just it's it's probably some sort of measure to prevent prevent uh, something okay corporations to do you know something savvy that you know that 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 is borderline um inappropriate legal inappropriate right. exactly. so, understood understood yeah that makes sense that makes sense what are your thoughts pedro well i haven't uh really put too much attention to that because uh, my, my client base are uh primarily uh probably health companies uh yeah. So I yeah, personally haven't haven't put uh, too much thought into it. Uh, I know that there's this uh, uh, provision about the 15% uh, tax uh, on kind of to you know supposedly to make it uh, equitable for the larger corporations. Uh, I I just know that somehow the the larger corporation this is where it's going to affect the most is uh, the, these companies that are involved in uh, you know publicly traded companies. Uh, and that's supposedly their target, but I know that they're going to find ways to mitigate that that, that risk. I mean, they, they probably already are working or have been working on this even before the the release of uh, the final the final. Because again, th this was already mentioned, and uh, when Biden uh, went into uh, the office, I mean, the, the what was it called the, the the building better back or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of a slimmed down uh, version of that. So this was already uh, a in, in the air, you know what I mean? So either they're going to manage that through uh, the amount, you know, there could be an impact on dividends that are going to be distributed. You know, they're going to find ways on how to mitigate this. Right. Uh, so, you know, but again, uh, my, my focus has not been into that, that aspect of the, I, I uh, you know, I have, I have not spent the, 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 a lot of time into analyzing that part and the impact on the small business companies and mid-sized companies, you know, the probably health companies. So, yeah, go oh, ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, um, I, I wanted to, I wanted to follow up with uh, what Pedro was saying when we were still on the subject of the of the eighty seven thousand agents because there's there's so much to unpack there and it's so important, <laughs> especially because the three of us and your audience, Marie, um, operates in the small business world. Small business, right, yes. Right. And and it's frustrating because the 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 government just pushed it through and they they just kind of like, eh, like it was like a little tiny provision you know i mean the people that noticed it sounded the alarm bells but like they just like quietly pretty much just said oh yeah like and we're adding we're adding 87,000 <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's it's huge because yeah. i mean i was taking some notes when pedro was talking um so first yeah so first of all 
what they're going to do is they're going to try to find low-hanging fruit that they're going to be able to do a computer-generated audit, right? So right. The, the, the auditor is not going to come to your, your office and sit there with, with your, and your black hat and stuff like that. They're going to send a letter. And there's and in the letter, they're oh, like, we noticed this. Like, we noticed that. Like, um, uh, please send us the following. And if you don't send it to us in 90 days, then right. we're going to reassess right. the performance right. and boom. And, and so that, you know, there's no labor on that. And, um, right. and, and so uh, another thing is to uh, those, those, those tax returns that are, that when you go to the paid preparer section, it says self-prepared. That's low hanging fruit. Oh yeah. I can't tell you how many times, I mean, and so uh, see, right. A sole proprietorship that shows these aggressive, and I don't want to say aggressive. It's just, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know right. what they're doing. And so, and, and, and that's fine. They're not an accountant, but again, people, audience, like all the more reason to work with, uh, with a tax professional when it comes to your taxes, especially if you're a business owner, you know, if you are, if your taxes are just a W-2 and uh, some mortgage, <coughs> you know, if your tax right. consists of just five or six documents that are, you know, getting submitted to the IRS from the issuer of those documents, then, then you can go to H&R Block, you can go to TurboTax and because really a computer can do your tax, like the IRS can do your tax return just based on the information that they provide, that, that they receive from those third parties who issue those forms. But if you have anything th that's there that needs, you know, because the, the, burden of uh, the, the burden of establishing expense, the burden of establishing basis lies on the taxpayer. You know, like that's right. where I'm sure that you've seen in practice, um, if, a, if a taxpayer forgets to uh, include uh, a stock brokerage activity on their tax return, or if they or if they forget to report, if they get a 1099S when they sell a piece of real estate and they don't report the, you know, the IRS will send a notice computing the tax on just the proceeds. They won't even they won't even take the basis into consideration. That, so, yeah, yeah. So I've, I've seen situations where that where the the the, the client gets a proposed tax due of like like a million dollars or like five hundred thousand dollars, something crazy. And then once we respond to it and we show the basis, it goes to zero. But if you don't have a CPA, so again, audience, very important. Um, you want to have a, uh, especially if you're a business owner, it, if you're, you need to have a good CPA and you need to have a good attorney. Like you need to have a team of advisors, mainly the Absolutely. CPA attorney. It's just, it's just good practice and whatever it costs, it costs. Now there, there, there are bad ones out there, so you have to be careful, but it, it will save you in the short term and the long run. Do what you do so you don't have to worry about this type of stuff. And yeah. you know, and if you're as I, as I like to say, you're tripping over nickels to save. Uh, you're tripping over dollars <laughs> to save nickels. That that mentality can come can come back to bite you. And um, they're they're not going after the big corporations, people. They're going after the little guys, the little girls out there, the small business owner. Yes. Uh, they're like no matter what they i mean the, the big corporations have armies of accountants and tax attorneys it's not going to be so easy to uh to, to you know to get in they're going to delay that thing they're going to challenge that thing i mean like trump always says that you know like he's been getting audited like for the last 20 years i mean trump trump throws everything plus the kitchen sink it i'm, I'm not saying anything about pro-trump or anti-trump here i'm just saying the truth is trump has a, a, an army of accountants and tax attorneys that have been battling the irs for decades and so and then and then pedro talked about messy books right i can't tell you how many small business owners out there don't take their bookkeeping seriously 
Yes. And they don't take their bookkeeping seriously, despite our best efforts to, to tell them. And, you know, and so, so like, so as a business owner, you have to, you have to put more stock into the importance of having good bookkeeping from day one. Either you're going to do it, your spouse is going to do it, someone internally is going to do it, a virtual assistant or your CPA. Just make sure that if you're going to, if you want to do it, then do it and make sure that you get trained by your CPA to understand right. the best practices. And then if you're not going to do it, then delegate to someone who knows what they're doing, because it's not just about surviving an audit. It's also about getting ready for your exit. And, and the buyers are going to want to look at the financial statements. And if your books are a mess, then, you know, buyers are not going to be interested. The value is going down. <laughs> yeah. The buyers are not going to waste their time. So the importance of bookkeeping for small business owners, so important for a variety of reasons. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, these are these are great points, and and it's 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 great that you mentioned them, Michael, because you know Pedro and I have mentioned these things in the in the past, and and it, it's great that it comes from you know another CPA that's experiencing and seeing similar things, right? It's not just us saying it. So that's that's really I'm I'm grateful that you mentioned that. Uh, so what are some of the let's say I guess the positives that we can see if you've noticed anything in the uh, overall let's say the act? What are some of the positives? you know, maybe tax credits or benefits that, that could be for a business owner. Um, you know, I, I noticed something about the R&D tax credit being, you know, bigger or something like that. Yeah, there's some other provisions in there that, um, again, uh, the biggest concern, in, in you know, like Michael was saying, is is the enforcement. But, the, you know, the positive that's going to be for people, especially if, if you are into the um, – uh, you know, into technology, uh, you can see some some benefits in there with the uh, R and D uh, tax credits. Uh, sure. Um, I think that a lot of the, the the again going back to the the building better back. I mean, a lot of the effort was going towards uh, the green energy. Right. Right. And that was a big thing. You know, we're gonna take the, these dollars and assign it into those those uh, areas and uh, the expenditure part. And so, um, if you are into that area, or investing into green energy, you know, either be through electric cars or uh, making energy efficient investments in your business, and then you know, there's some positives in there. You know, what I mean, I'm sure that, you know, meeting with your your tax advisors on, on that, so then see how you can maximize those tax credits that are still available. Right. Um, so. But again, uh, you know, one one of the areas that I think caught a lot of people by surprise, yeah. <laughs> kind of hammering over the same uh, issue is the enforcement part. Uh, yeah. But again, uh, some some of the other areas that, it, you know, they were not mentioned with because I think uh, that when they mentioned the enforcement, people got panicked. But what areas could potentially be be the highest risk? And I know we have mentioned that in previous episodes, but again. Uh, Sole proprietors are going to be a high risk, and now more than ever, I think it's going to be even a higher risk. Uh, S corps are going to gain a more attention. Uh, 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 reasonable compensation is going to be a topic of, of discussion. Uh, you're going to see uh, a closer look at uh, a basis now. For example, starting this this uh, 2021 reporting, now they they want you to uh, fill out a 7203 which now you have to disclose the, the, the roll forward or your, or your basis, which in the past that was not required. So again, you can see where their efforts are, are going to go. And like Michael was saying, the audits is not going to be somebody knocking on your door. A lot of them, 
And this is why the, the small and mid-sized company also could be an easy target because they can do this electronically. They can nowadays, uh, they can they have a lot of information uh, uh, computerized, so they can easily change, uh, send you a letter to, you know, we, we found this error and they want you uh, to provide evidence of that. So, you know, people need to be aware of that. Um, and uh, the other area of tax credit, now you mentioned tax credits, the other area that uh, the IRS is gonna be paying attention to is gonna be the PPP, uh, the mm -hmm. ERTC, you know, because they, they know that there is uh, opportunities in there to catch uh, some people that uh, did it inappropriately. You know what I mean? Some of them innocently, meaning that they didn't know, they didn't understand, but some people that probably pushed the, the envelope and took uh, uh, PPP and ERTC incorrectly. So those are areas, if you have you know those type of credits, um, if you're an S-Corp, I would uh, highly recommend that you have uh, a, your tax advisor look at over, especially the area of basis. If you're a sole proprietor, I, again, I would, you know, they have been targeted in the past at high uh, percentage wise, being uh, highly uh, audited. So if you still want to continue being in a sole proprietor, again, I would highly recommend that you have a tax advisor look over it. On the positive side, I think uh, in addition to the some of the tax credits uh, that we, we discussed, I think that there's some, some areas of opportunities in there to look into the, like I said, the R&D. I would encourage uh, some of the company, you, you know, some industry that you don't think about that qualify, you know, even including and not limited to construction, for example, you know, some companies do qualify if you can demonstrate that you have some some uh, uh, methodology that you have developed and then you can qualify for research and development tax credits. Uh, I see some awareness, I, you know, another positive thing I see is uh, now there's an awareness and importance of, and I hope I will stick around the importance of uh, good books, uh, good accounting, uh, tax and, and so on. So that's another positive thing that we have seen. I've been getting some calls now uh, for people that want to be proactive. Uh, I don't want to wait. So I, I, that, that's a good thing. So I, I, I feel like <laughs> to the audience, you know, it's not my intention to be a negative Nancy here, but uh, <laughs> overall, this this uh, this this Inflation Reduction Act is is concerning to me. It's concerning to me. Um, it, it, the the R and D tax credit is traditionally one of the most audited tax credits. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, it's like it's a catch twenty eight. If, if they're increasing the tax credit, well, just make sure that you're working with the tax professional. You know, there are third party, there are vendors out there that specialize right. in credits, and so and, and they have and, and they provide um, they they provide attorney letters that substantiate their position. And so, you know, just make sure that if you're going to do the R and D tax credit, that your I's are dotted and T's are crossed because you want to survive an audit. So it's you know it's like they're they're increasing yeah. the R and D tax credit, but at the same time, the R and D tax credit is a commonly audited. audited. I agree. <laughs> All is a great dovetail into the importance of like redefining. And Marie, you and I talked about this on my podcast a couple months ago. Yes. Uh, like the importance of like, redefining the relationship between client and CPA. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Because the, 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 the accounting and tax industry out there is heavily commoditized. And yes. so, and, you know, thank you, H&R Block, for that, by the way. Or, <laughs> Intuit is, you know, they're in all different levels, right? Like Intuit, right. Intuit TurboTax, right? I mean, commoditization. But then they also have LeCert, which is a very robust tax software, super expensive for for tax professionals. And you know, and then they're, you know, and then uh, uh, they've got QuickBooks and everything. So, but anyways, 
Um, what, what, what happens as a result of this is that the market, right, the consumer, the client, doesn't, right. doesn't respect the, the, the value of what a CPA really brings to the table. And that's why I like to refer to myself more as a family business manager at the end of the day, like when I work with my clients in a professional service agreement context, we're mm -hmm. their family, I'm their family business manager and taxes are a part of that, of course. Of but course. That, that tax conversation inevitably goes into other areas of financial professional service. And I've got people on the team, whether if the, if the client has other advisors, then they have to be part of that arrangement. And then, and if not, I've got people on the team and that arrangement is a professional service agreement. So the way that I work with my clients over at Swartz and Reader Advisors or SRA, as I like to refer to us, is we work in professional service agreements. And so it, we have a subscription-based model. And what that subscription-based model does is that it creates a framework. It creates a structure in which clients and, and family businessmen or CPA, because I, 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 CPA is just, it doesn't do justice to what we really provide. Are doing as advisors, yes. Yeah. So, um, and so... Um, what it does is it creates a, a structure, a process in which we are in dialogue throughout the year, right? right? So we have a transactional ad hoc structure and we have a subscription-based model. And we're advocating the subscription-based model because, it, because we're going to be meeting once a quarter. And, then, and the client also has four hours of additional consultation time throughout the year for them to use it however they want. And so I have a lot of clients that they take their quarterly consultation, right? So once every three months. Right. 60 minute and then they take their four hours of additional and they break it up into 30 minute sessions for the other eight months. And so what's baked into that monthly fee is the cost of preparing tax returns each year, of course, but then it's, it's, the, it's in the consulting and the strategic tax planning. And it's during, it's during the dialogue throughout the year that we're talking about stuff. We're talking right, about right. like the inflation reduction act and the 87,000 new agents coming for example, like that's a hot <laughs> topic. Right. And so, and, 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 and so, you know, my clients that see the value in the subscription-based professional service agreement, like that, that is my manifestation of how to optimize the relationship between client and CPA because, right. because so many people out there, because the market, right, the consumer, the client in this space that are looking for, they're looking for a tax return vending machine. They want to go to the tax return vending machine, put in a dollar, and the vending machine spits out a piece of paper with some numbers on it. And and then they and, and they don't even know what they're looking at. They don't even know what Absolutely. they're looking at. And 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 then you know and then when they get audited in two years from now to ask about this, ask about that, they're going to get mad at the tax return vending machine. Well, I mean, you you got to look in the mirror, client, because you know you got to take this stuff more seriously. So I think that this Inflation Reduction Act is a big wake up call to people. I mean, we've been and it's easy to get you know comfortable, right? Like audits have been at an all time low really for the last half decade. And so uh, it's about to change. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating because I mean, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneurial CPA. I'm a big advocate of business ownership. You know, small business owners are the backbone of this country. And, um, and I understand that there's, that there, that there are probably some small business owners out there that are doing things wrong and shame on them and stuff like that, but the majority aren't. And um, I just feel like, this Inflation Reduction Act is punishing small business owners, which is not going to go well for the overall economy when it's all said and done. That's my opinion. Right, right. 
No, I, I definitely agree with you, and 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 the relation you and I have talked about it, and Pedro and I have you know talked about it too. We we're in the same mindset as you that the whole relationship, the dynamic between the the client and the CPA, or their their understanding of who a CPA is, is is really needs to be redefined and and renegotiated. Let's put it that way, yeah. Uh, because yeah, we have they, 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 it's gotten to a point where that DIY mindset has just taken a hold of everybody's mind, and you know everybody thinks like you said, the vending machine was a very good example of. You know, I just put this dollar in and that's it, you know, and everybody, every vending machine I go through, it's going to be the same dollar, you know. Yeah. So, but it's not that, you know, each one of us, uh, you know, we, we come, we have our own experience sets and we have 